Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as I'm recording this. Uh, on an off day, uh, the Nuggets, they just finished off the Brooklyn Nets. They have the New York Knicks tomorrow. Uh, but between that and kind of in the, in the midst of this entire week, there has been a lot of talk about the trade deadline. The NBA trade deadline is, a, is an annual holiday. And to help me break it down from a Nuggets perspective, and then maybe just a hypothesize some trade talk a little bit. I've brought on two very special guests from Denver Stiffs, both of our writers. Uh, one of them, his name's Thomas Knowlton. The other, Peter Leensvart. We are very excited to have both of these guys on as they are going to help us break down some, some fun hypotheticals on the trade market. So, Tommy, want to start with you. How are you doing, man? Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the trade season so far? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, now I'm excited to talk trades. I may not have the most realistic ones in mind, but I definitely got some fun ones uh, for you. I think, uh, you know, so so far, um, been, been, been a little quiet, um, but uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Me too, man. Me too. It should be fun. We've, we've had a couple trades in the NBA kind of around with some other teams. Um, and, and Peter, I, I want to ask you, how, first of all, how are you doing? And uh, and did you did you happen to catch the uh, Karis Levert trade to the Cavs or the Norman Powell trade to the Clippers? And any thoughts on either of those two before we get started here with the Nugs? Um, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. And uh, I actually did. I ca- I caught both of those. And I'm not exactly sure what the Trailblazers are doing. I think it's they were trying to get under the luxury tax, if I'm not mistaken. And that to me is implies they're huge sellers at the deadline. And I I looked at a few. Um, I, I looked at a Larry Nance trade, but I couldn't exactly find anything that would materialize because his contract's a little too big for what the Nuggets could do. But I think that they're going to be looking to definitely like move, make a couple. Of, like I'm hoping they make at least two other moves at the deadline to maybe change up the roster a little bit, maybe and not be the Portland we know it. We we know and don't well not not necessarily know and love, but we know we know them. <laughs> right, right. No, and, I, uh, I I half seriously considered Yusuf Nurkic. And a reunion <laughs> for him being the backup center for Nikola Jokic, as uh, as Portland seems to be selling. But I can't imagine that anybody else wants to go down that bridge either. So that's yeah. uh, that's definitely something I would I would not consider for sure. Yeah, and I think the Karis Levert trade is um wonderful, honestly, for both sides. The uh, I feel like I mean it would have been nice if the Pacers maybe got one young player they feel great about, but they I mean they got practically two first round picks for that because that that second round pick from the Rockets is going to be like the 33rd pick in the draft. So if they nail, if they nail both of those draft picks, that's good return. And Karis Levert, I mean, we're not really sure what his market's like. He's kind of inconsistent, has a lot of injuries. I mean, they, they could have exhausted all of his market. This could be all they could have gone for him. I'm glad the Pacers chose a direction because it, it sort of feels yes, like they've been in the middle for so long and they've, they've had Sabonis and Turner. They just uh, re-upped with Malcolm Brogdon thought that they would be more of a competitive team than they have been this year due to some of the injuries, but also due to some of the malaise that I think is really set in there. So very interesting to see both of those teams make a move. Uh, the Clippers feel like a sleeping giant if they get their guys healthy uh, with, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, because you, you start to bring some of those other guys in and Norman Powell's now the, the third scorer on a team that has two all NBA caliber scores. That that seems like a pretty good idea. And then uh, Karis Levert makes a lot of sense 
next to Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Kevin Love, Jared Allen, guys like that. So really interesting for, from all sides, on, all sides on all of those. But uh, Tommy, I, I'm very curious to see what direction you think the Nuggets should go at the trade deadline now, because this is the one time of year where you start to really get a feel of, of which, which teams want to be what, like where is the direction that that team wants to go. And for the Nuggets at 29 and 24, they've had so many injuries. I think a lot of people could argue that this isn't Denver's year. I think it's, it's very legitimate that if you don't think that Jamal Murray is going to come back at full strength, then you might as well not throw in all of your assets to try to bone up for this year, uh, especially if Michael Porter is going to be hampered as well. So uh, my, my question to you, I guess, is, is who do you think the Nuggets are right now entering the trade deadline and, and who should they choose and want to be? The Nuggets should definitely want to be a playoff contending team. I mean, you have to build those habits throughout the season. You have to foster that confidence um, throughout the season. So if they can add a couple of pieces that can help them in their championship run, uh, they, they should definitely do so. I mean, even without uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., the Nuggets are, are competing, uh, you know, at a high level right now. Uh, you got you got guys like, uh, you know, Jeff Green that's um, playing well throughout the season. I know he's struggled um, lately, but you had a guy like Brent Forbes um, as well. So they're they're adding pieces to be a contender, and I think that's exactly where they should be. Totally agree. It seems like the Nuggets are a couple star pieces away, right? Like when you talk about it, the Jamal Murray has has been so integral to this Nuggets team, and Michael Porter starting to become integral to this Nuggets team with the shooting and the the size that he's provided. One of the things that I think we've seen really falter for the Nuggets this year is their offensive rebounding. And that's kind of an under-the-radar thing that's helped the Nuggets be as good as they are for a long time, and Michael Porter really helped with that. So it's not surprising that they faltered, and I also think that if they get those guys back, if there's a reasonable chance for them to get those guys back, then this could be a really, really potent team, and I think they probably should treat it that way at the trade deadline. Uh, Peter, I I think that this is a like I, I want I want to talk about it from the other perspective too. I think that it's probably fair to say that Denver maybe could kick the can down the road and, and try again a little bit stronger next year. Do you think there's merit to that? That rather than spend all of their trade equity this year, that maybe it's best to wait until the off season or wait until next year's trade deadline? Yeah, um, I definitely I definitely agree with that, and I think that. Um moving a player like Bones Highland right now would be a, would be a mistake looked on in the future. And Zeke Naji could, could be in that role, even though I think it's reasonable to think he could get moved to this deadline. But I think the Nuggets are in, we're not in a position where ultimately we're going to, I don't think we're on the same level as the Suns, even when fully healthy, because we're asking a lot of Jamal Murray to come back and not be, not miss a beat, you know? Right. So I mean, we're still a contender and we still, I mean, we could still, we could still definitely make some noise in the playoffs. And I believe that, but I still think we're, we're in like, there's, there's two tiers of contenders. There's like the, the bucks and the Suns and the warriors maybe. And then there's everyone else. And where I think we're, we're in that everyone else or we're above everyone else, but we're in that second tier category. And so I think there's definitely like, we don't, we don't really need, unless there's a star player out there or something we just, we're not, we're not seeing right now, or I don't think there's a huge, 
blockbuster trade were in the books for Denver. And we did that last year with Aaron Gordon. It worked out well. I don't think there's a need to, there's not necessarily a need to pull out something like that big. I think just kind of fine tuning the roster and trimming around the edges is probably best for Denver. Without getting into names specifically, we'll get into them soon. Is there a player on your list that you think if they added this player to a rotation that also includes Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, do you think that they could get into that tier with the Suns and the Warriors? Definitely. I think there's probably, I think there's two, maybe two and a half uh, trades I have lined up that I think would pu- would put, push them into that uh, higher echelon. Interesting. Okay. So we'll tease that Nuggets fans. Uh, I think that this is going to be a very fun exercise. When we come back, I want to get into some of the names that Tommy, Peter, and I have cobbled together. We're going to talk through those. We're going to produce some fake trades for everybody. And we're going to kind of go through the pros and cons of all of these things and give everybody listening to this podcast a really holistic view of where the Nuggets are at the trade deadline right now. We will be right back. All right, before we get back to trades, I want to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, because the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is giving customers some great odds, 56 to 1 odds on either the Bengals or the Rams. You bet just $5, you get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, that's okay, because you can bet on the Super Bowl 56 props instead where DraftKings they offer you a wide range of props throughout the big game all you have to do is you log into DraftKings you take a look at all the props that they have listed whether it's a non-quarterback to throw a touchdown pass or or a pass at all fourth down conversions total yardage uh, the length of the national anthem so many more there are so many opportunities to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook and all you have to do is use promo code MHS when you sign up. Get those 56 to 1 odds, get in on the parlays, get in on everything that you want with DraftKings Sportsbook where they give you all these great odds, they give you all these great options. You can have a lot of fun betting on the team that you care about. That's promo code MHS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522. 4700. And we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Joined today by Tommy Knowlton, Peter Leansvart. Really, uh, really excited to have these guys on. Really excited to get some of the stiffs back into the swing of things with the with the podcasting because this is this is one of the things that I've, I've wanted to get everybody involved in a lot of it's fallen on me to to not be able to get that up and running and I do think that we have some very talented writers and podcasters waiting in the wings at Denver stiffs that are just waiting to to spread their wings and let it fly so we're going to give them an opportunity here and I am very excited to be able to talk with Tommy and Peter about some of the names that they've they've come up with for the Nuggets at the trade deadline and, and whether they could make something happen. So, Tommy, I want to start with you. I want you to throw out a name that, that you've heard on the, the kind of the trade rumor side of things. Which teams are interested in this guy? Should the Nuggets be interested in this guy? 
Give me a name that you think would help the Denver Nuggets. Uh, well, one person um, that I've heard um, around the trade rumors is uh, Terrence Ross. Uh, I think he could really help the Nuggets uh, fortify that bench unit. He's an explosive scorer. Uh, he, he can get to the cup. He can shoot from three. He can be a standstill shooter. He can shoot off platform. Um, just an absolute microwave score that I think the Nuggets absolutely need off the bench. Their bench is too consistent or inconsistent, rather. Um, and I think he'd be a welcome addition to the group. And also, um, he's played with Aaron Gordon before. And I think, um, you know, there's some chemistry there as well. Totally agree about that. Like those guys, they know each other. They're very familiar with each other. Terrence Ross has been around the Magic for a little bit now. And Aaron Gordon was obviously there and they interlapped. And uh, those two extremely athletic, two of the most athletic guys that the league has seen come into uh, the NBA has seen come into the league for a long time. And although Terrence Ross is not necessarily the high flying dunker anymore, he is a microwave scorer. He's somebody that would be a lot of fun. Uh, So tell me, tell me the trade idea that you have that that you've got lined up here for us. Uh, well, I think um, I think the Magic uh, need uh, need a ball handler um, off the bench, that point guard uh, spot, somebody who could be a floor general. So I think Faku Capasso um, could help them, um, you know, maybe slide another pick. I know the money uh, might not line up there, but uh, I think, you know, Faku Capasso could, could help the Magic, um, could help fortify that bench over there. And I know, um, you know, picks are always welcome in Orlando. 100% about that. No, they they are in that rebuild, not quite in the, excuse me, not quite in the OKC style of rebuild, but they are extremely young. And one of the things that they've really missed is having a veteran ball handler, somebody who can kind of set the table a little bit and make sure that everybody is kind of in line. So I think there there is something to that, that because Mark Fultz hasn't really played. Uh, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs are fantastic, but there, there are times where they could work better off ball and it, it might make more sense for them to learn from somebody who is a, a veteran guy. So, uh, Peter, what, what do you think of a hypothetical? Uh, let, let's assume we, we can make the money work here. A Faku Composo for Terrence Ross swap. Um, I think there's some, some I think there's, it's interesting to think of Terrence Ross coming to the Nuggets. I've been, I've been wishing that for a couple of trade deadlines, to be honest. And uh, it'd be great to see that come through. But I just, I'm not too sure Faku has the value to just about any other team as he does to the Nuggets. I'm not, he doesn't, I don't think teams are all that excited to take on Faku Kampazo. And I don't think the Nuggets are all too excited about trading Faku Kampazo, honestly, because he's, um, he's, well, he's a polarized player in Denver. I know some fans love him and some fans don't exactly love him. So I think there'd be a lot of, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he has a trade trade uh, no trade except uh, trade clause or whatever. But um, I'd, I'm just not sh- I'm not sure how realistic moving Compasso is because I don't just, I just don't think any, many teams have a value for him. But and then if we uh, we could maybe throw in the, some some picks, but I, I could I would imagine Orlando would be hoping for a first round pick. I don't think we should give up a first round pick for Terrence Ross at this point. I think that's probably right. Um, one of the things that with Terrence Ross specifically that it might be difficult for Denver is the defensive side of things where they've already added, like they have Bones Highland in, in tow. They have Bryn Forbes in tow. I'm not sure that Terrence Ross is helping anybody out when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. And it just seems like if you're going to make that trade, then you, you'd want somebody who could, 
be good on both sides of the ball, right? And although Terrence Ross, I think, would definitely help out the offensive side where take the ball out of Bones Highland's hands a little bit, don't necessarily make uh, Bryn Forbes have to create off the dribble or anything like that. Uh, Terrence Ross could do that, and he would do it well. But there is, there is, I think, something to that, that when the playoffs come around, how many of these guys can you count on from a defensive execution standpoint? That seems pretty tough. Um, Tommy, what do you, what are you thinking? Um, do you think that I'm surprised that you had Faku actually going to Orlando just because I think, uh, it seems like they, they probably wouldn't want to take away Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs's minutes, uh, from, from this perspective, but I could be wrong. Like they, uh, they seem to like to play the small guard lineups a lot, like kind of like Denver, like they just like to play a bunch of small guards. Yeah, I mean, well, well off the bench, um, they, they don't really have a lot of point guards. I know they have, um, you know, Markel Fultz, um, you know, Mike Carter-Williams as well. But um, in terms of um, – Oh, they start general, both of those guys, don't they? That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got so it. Been playing okay. well of late. Um, but uh, I, I'm higher on Faku uh, than a lot of people. I know it hasn't worked out in Denver, but I, I feel like he can find – he can find a role somewhere. Uh, he's an intense competitor, um, one of the most intense that uh, we have on the squad right now. Um, but, he, you know, I, I agree. He does make mistakes. I don't think he he holds um, maybe the value comparable uh, to Terrence Ross. Um, but again, I, I think he's an asset that would that would be that would be welcomed um, for for some teams in this league. Um, they like guys who, who play hard. They like guys who know the game. Um, and he's, he's incredibly smart and, um, you know, I think he'll only get better. I think his shot will only get better. Um, so I, I wish him the best of luck if he is, um, in, in trade talks with Denver. No, for sure. And like, I've, I want to make this clear. I also wish the best for Faku Kabazo. Like I, I know I get a lot of hate online for, for people that say, Oh, Ryan's just like looking and staring at the numbers all the time. Well, that is in fact true, but it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm like, not caring about Faku's welfare and and his commitment to the team or, or his actual personal interests in life and things like that. Like I I still want what's best for him, but I also want what's best for the Nuggets too. So it's a tough place to be. Um, Peter, let's go to you. Let's see. Uh, let's see what the first name is that you have on on deck for us. The first name I have on deck is uh, Dwight Powell uh, from the uh, from the Mag- uh, from the Mavericks, and also looking at uh, Moses Brown as well, getting filling that backup center role. I think both of those names are actually pretty interesting. Um, Dwight Powell is so athletic from a a springboard uh, rolling in the pick and roll standpoint that th- there is something to that. That if you want to give Denver more downhill movement. Um, and somebody who can work above the rim. He he's made a lot of sense with Luca. Do you think that they would give him up though? Like I, I think I would be I'd be pretty surprised if they gave him up. I guess Moses Brown is also why you listed him for sure. Yeah, and um, I that is one of the I'm not I'm not too sure of how like how gettable he really is because I think I think Dorian Finney Smith is probably more available, but I would personally rather have Dwight Powell. And um, I do agree with that fit along alongside Luca is really well or fits really well because they can run Chris Stapps at center or Dwight Powell at center and it, it works out because they still they still have the rebounding and the stretch because Dwight Powell can stretch the floor a little bit not very well but he can you can it's not like you can leave him completely wide open but um right 
Denver's think, ran into that, those problems for sure. And yeah. He's, he's yeah. made them pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that there's some validity there. Cause I think uh, in my, in my hypothetical trade, I have uh Jermichael green and Austin rivers and Zeke Naji going to uh, Dallas. Cause I think then they get, they get that, they get another stretch big in Zeke, which will help them help them uh, off the bench as well. And Jermichael Green is still, for as much as I don't exactly love Jermichael Green, he still is a he's a, still is a good player and will give a will give a good playoff team like competitive minutes. And same with Austin Rivers. And Dallas isn't kind of in need of another guy who can do a little bit off the dribble and create a little bit. So I think that there's there's something there whether the trade I listed is what ends up happening. But I think that there's something, there's something of something there to be able to get Dwight Powell or Dorian Finney-Smith or Moses Brown. So you've got Jamichael Green, Austin Rivers, and Zeke Naji for Dwight Powell. Is that, and is Moses that the, Brown. And Moses Brown. Okay. So yeah. we're really going to be. Maybe you could throw point. in some seconds if, you, if it works out, but yeah. Cause I mean, Jamichael Green is kind of the back, like, Jamaica Green and Zeke Naji are the backup fives right now. So we're getting we're getting back Moses Brown and someone in Dwight Powell who can still run the backup five if if need be. But there's also some validity in um him him starting with, with Michael Porter Jr. and moving Aaron Gordon to the three. And if if his fit alongside Jokic ends up working well, I think there's he's a starter level player for us too, in the absence of Michael Porter Jr. You are high on Dwight Powell. That's that's interesting. I'm 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 pretty surprised at the the strength of that take that's that's pretty good i mean hey it's a i am glad that we have strong takes on the podcast that's the most important thing it's it's to make this for for good commentary and good discussion uh so you're you're a big fan of the the rim protector the high flyer somebody who could like even play with nikola Jokic at times and and fill that role yeah i see i see like not a lot of kenneth farid and dwight powell but there's still like a little bit there's a little bit of the manimal there, and I, okay. I think I think that it were, I think it would work well, especially even off the bench with um. I think even yeah, I think it would still work off the bench. Maybe it would be nice to end up getting instead of Moses Brown, maybe another guard from the uh, from the Maver- uh, from the Mavericks who can uh maybe create a little bit since we're sending out Austin Rivers. But I think I don't know. I I like Dwight Powell, and I think there's there's he can he'll fit he'll fit he fits a need like on this roster very well and. He's on a he's on a he's on a two year deal for eleven million dollars. That's that's pretty that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, maybe a, li- a little bit more than you'd love to be playing a backup center. But I mean, with players going out with health, health and safety protocols and injuries like this, you you still need starter level players off the bench who can go in and fill in. And you know, if Aaron Gordon's out, Dwight Powell can give us you know like eighty five percent of Aaron Gordon, and that's still what we need right. for to run a deep playoff run and stay a good team in the regular season. Okay. Uh, Tommy, what do you, what do you think of the deal? What do you think of the idea? Cause I think I'm, I'm a little bit hung up on giving up Zeke Naji in, in a situation like that. Uh, so what do you, what do you think, Tommy? Well, I actually agree with you about giving up Zeke Naji, but I do love both players. I think Dwight Powell and Moses Brown are two really good players. And I think if Moses Brown were to kind of stick with the team for a couple of years, I think he can, he can make some noise. So I like his potential. Um, but uh, yeah, with, with Dwight Powell, um, I, I think that Zeke Naji has the potential to be better than um, Dwight Powell, maybe not in the rim protecting category, but um, I think his progression, Zeke Naji's from summer league to right now has been incredible. He, he was struggling a lot in summer league this year. And you look at him right now, uh, man, he, he has really improved his rebounding. Obviously, um, you know, his, his three point shot has been really consistent. But that, that Zeke Naji is a guy who um, seemed to avoid uh, physical play inside. And now, I mean, he looks like a man possessed. 
So um, looking at that progression, it's hard for me to give him up. Uh, but at the same time, I do I do like Dwight Powell um, and Moses Brown. But um, I think the I think the Nuggets um, you know can do some good things with Zeke Nagy moving forward. I think that's probably where I fall, Peter. I think that that's probably a no for me, just because if if you're getting back a couple bigs in Dwight Powell and Moses Brown, one of the goals in making a trade like this, if you were to give up a guy like Zeke Naji, is you want somebody that's going to be on the floor in the playoffs a ton. And if Aaron Gordon's there, if Jeff Green's there, I just trust those guys a little bit more than Dwight Powell. And, and if he's just playing at the backup center role while Jokic is off the court, then it's probably like eight, 10, 12 minutes or some or something around there because Jokic's just going to play so many freaking minutes. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd be a little bit worried about giving up too much for a guy that feels too small of a role. Yeah, I think there's some stuff of maybe running him at uh, Jeff Green at the three and uh, uh, what's his name? The guy we're trading for. I'm just totally forgot. Dwight Powell. <laughs> Dwight, Powell, Moses Brown. Dwight, Powell <laughs> Dwight Powell at the four and Jeff Green at the three. As, and I feel like when because we don't really when that's like they're still there. He's, he can play a decent amount of positions. And I just feel like players like that are really are exactly what Denver needs. So I, I agree with both of what you guys said, but I, I still think it's a good trade for Denver. Okay. Well, we will let the comments decide for sure. Um, I'm going to throw out a trade that I had posited and actually a name uh, that I think both of you are going to be very familiar with. Nerlens Noel of the New York Knicks. He's a guy that right now is stuck in a really tough situation in New York where Mitchell Robinson's playing over him. Julius Randle's going to play 35 minutes a night. Obi Toppin is a prized rookie of theirs that they're going to try to play. And I think that there's logic. Like they have Taj Gibson as well, who's been very familiar with Tom Thibodeau over the years that I'm not sure if Nerland Snowell is exactly needed for them. So he would be needed in Denver. He'd be somebody who'd be really helpful, kind of filling that Dwight Powell type role as a, as a rim protector, rim runner for the second unit, somebody who boosts the defense a lot. So I have Jamichael Green and a 2024 second round pick going to the New York Knicks for Nerlens Noel. I think that that's a like getting a second round pick for somebody that's not in your future plans, while also getting Jamichael Green for them, who might be a little bit more uh, useful with an Obi Toppin or a Julius Randle than Nerlens Noel is. I think that might make some sense. Uh, Tommy, what say you? I actually have that, that exact trade um, in one of my ideas. So uh, very nice. Hey, we're, we're on board. <laughs> Where we are, we are here. We are ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> I've been thinking about getting uh, Noel for for a couple of years here. We we have desperately needed a shot blocker, um, a consistent shot blocker that can play, um, you know, fifteen to twenty maybe minutes a night. Um, he would absolutely um, augment that bench lineup uh, defensively. The Nuggets struggle um, guarding the paint um, on the bench, and I think Nerns Noel would, would help that tremendously. Peter, do you think uh, do you think Jamichael Green in a second round pick is enough to get a guy like Nerlens Noel? Because I was a little bit confused, and then whether they would actually accept that deal. Yeah, I think that I think there's enough stuff there to get to get Nerlens Noel. I just I'm not too sure. I think a second round pick is I, like you said for a guy who's not in your long term plans is a good return, but. 
I'm not exactly sure. I think it might make more sense for them to go with maybe someone like Austin Rivers or Vladko Chanchar if we're being willing to move one of them. Because I think Julius Randle kind of fits the same mold of why they don't really want, or not Julius Randle, Jermichael Green fits the same mold as um, Nerlens Noel. Kind of not a, like he still, he can play well off Julius Randle and play like maybe a little bit alongside Mitchell Robinson. But I think he's, he's not, there's, he's not going to get a whole lot of run in, in a Knicks uniform, I would imagine. And, like uh, we know, Jamaica Green has a no trade has a no trade clause, and he can veto anything to probably a non contender. Right. So I mean, he probably would still want to go to New York, but there's still the the possibility of them he he wanted, he wanted to compete for a title and not wanted to go to New York. No, I'm with you there. That's a it's a very good point, and probably the biggest detractor from that deal is the fact that Jamaica Green could just say no, and that's completely fair. He'd he'd probably be like, Nah, I'm good. Let's uh, let's do something different. Um. It's possible that maybe he'd like to just be in a big city. He doesn't strike me like that kind of guy. Like he yeah. he didn't necessarily stick around and with the Clippers for a long time. He was in Memphis. He went to school in Alabama. He's in Denver now and re-signed here. So he, he doesn't strike me as a guy that wants all the drama. Um, but and like that's that's just who the Knicks are. So maybe he just decides that he wants to decline that player option and would prefer to go somewhere else and maybe sign his own contract and that he's made enough money but i don't know i i have to imagine that uh tommy i'd have to imagine that that jamichael green may just decide that he wants to be in denver yeah uh, i mean i i would i would hope so for nicola Jokic's sake i know that he would says he would like to play alongside jamichael green for the rest of his life True. Um, but 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 for my taste i i think that he would um he might be welcomed by the new york knicks and he would like it um that culture is kind of a gritty uh the gritty competitors and jamichael green um is that type of guy is very physical um can be aggressive but also he, he can stretch the floor and that's something that the the Knicks need um, from from the big um, standpoint there. I know it hasn't really worked out in Denver. Um, you know, maybe the thin air here impacts his shot in a certain way. Um, but he has shown the ability uh, to stretch the floor um, out onto that three-point line. So I think maybe, um, you know, g- give him a new team and um, maybe he can, you know, increase his numbers. For sure. Um, yeah, and just real quick, I think the one problem I do have with the trade is that if it's the second round pick is all it, all it costs to get Nerlens Noel, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other teams who will be able to offer a player that would fit in the Knicks system better, who's not really providing a significant role to Jamaica Green in a second round pick. So I feel like there's stuff, I would still love for Nerlens Noel to be on the team, but I feel like getting him would be rather difficult because I don't really want to give any draft asset for him, but there's still, there's still something there 100%. One of the things, and uh, we'll just make this the last point. One of the things that I know New York wants to do is they want to clear up some space for Cam Reddish. And one of the ways that they can do that is they can go small with their bench and play, let's say, Obi Toppin at the five or play Julius Randle and stagger him with the with the second unit and then try to get more creative with some of their lineups and, and try to fit in Cam Reddish somewhere. And then you don't have Joe Michael Green play at all. And that there's something to that maybe if they'd like. I tend to agree with you, though, that it, it's a little bit of a stretch. Unfortunately, the, the money that he makes, which is about $9 million, I want to say, um, it's not great for matching what Denver has to offer because the, the, next, like, the next lowest salary that they have beyond that, other than Michael Porter Jr., is Jeff Green. 
and I'm not sure that they want to give up either of those guys. So it's a tough place to be for Denver. But either way, uh, let's go with another trade uh, or another player. Tommy, you said that you already had Nerlens Noel as one of your guys. Do you want to give us another another name? Yeah, I'll throw out another name. Uh, another name uh, I've been wanting on this team uh, for a while as well is uh, Montrez Harrell. I think I think he brings uh, another you know physical aspect to this team that we really don't have outside of Jamichael Green or Demarcus Cousins right, um, right now. But also also Montrez, um, you know, he can be effective in the pick and roll. Uh, maybe isn't um, the greatest rim protector because I think he's like six seven, six eight, but he plays way bigger than his size. Um, and he has the ability to switch out at that center position, uh, pretty agile, um, you know. But but also you know can capitalize on the offensive offensive end as well, and uh, incredible offensive rebounder. Which, as you said, the Nuggets are struggling offensive rebounding, and Montrez Harrell could be the remedy for that. He's one of those guys that would really help in the pick and roll that that makes sense as a as a roller, but also he doesn't have to roll all the way to the rim and can still get all the way to the rim off the dribble himself. So there's something to be said for that for sure. Uh, Peter, what do you, what do you think of Montrez Harold? Do you think that he makes sense as a as a bench fit for when Nikola Jokic sits? Yeah, I think he makes a ton of sense. Um, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of playing Jokic and Montrez Harold in the cards, but. Um... If, if I think if Montrose Harrell was two, three inches taller, he'd be the perfect backup center. Like that's the perfect backup center mold for any team. So, I mean, he's, he, play, like, like Tommy said, he plays so much bigger than, than he actually is. So I, I love, I, I, I personally love that move. I'm not exactly sure what, what we have that Washington would want. Uh, Cause I think Jermichael Green would be the only player that could, would money wise would, would kind of work out well for Denver and not exactly sure if again, he would want to go to Washington and if Washington would even watch Michael Green. All right, Tommy. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what you got. What, what trade proposal did you have for us? Um, well, as uh, you know, Peter kind of said, you know, I, I would throw out, um, you know, Michael Green or Jeff Green, possibly, um, you know, maybe Austin Rivers, and then and then throw on um, a, a second round pick. Again, it just depends on, um, you know, who who they want. I think if you were to give them maybe Jamichael Green. And Austin Rivers, I know both of them have that, uh, you know, no trade clause, but I think they would both, they might welcome Washington um, because I, I know they, they've been struggling lately, but this is a team that I think they're one game back uh, of being in the playoff picture. So once you get Brad Beal healthy, you can compete and they'd get a lot more run in Washington um, than they would. In Denver. So again, I don't know if Washington um, would want to do that, but I think for, you know, Jamaica Green or Austin Rivers, I think that could um, maybe help their career out for, for at least the rest of the season. So I had Thomas Bryant as one of the names that, that I was going to throw out there, but it was also in, uh, in addition to Contavious Caldwell Pope. So let's, uh, let's talk about just Washington in general. I think that they seem like a team that they want to put together a team that helps Bradley Beal want to stay. They want to be a team that puts together a playoff run and has the capability, but, but Spencer Dinwiddie has been tough for them. He hasn't really been helpful. They might need another guard who can be pretty helpful in one of those situations. And the only guy that I can really think of for Denver 
that makes sense is Will Barton because he's a uh, DMV native, somebody who's been around uh, on the East Coast in that general area, uh, very familiar with that and and very familiar with Washington in general. Uh, I think that there's a deal to be had. Will Barton, Jamichael Green, and a second-round pick for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And I had Thomas Bryant personally, but I would be willing to go Montrezl Harrell instead. Like both of those guys could be extremely helpful for Denver as, as a rim running center, somebody who's pretty uh, potent, pretty capable in the pick and roll. Um, Peter, I want to start with you. What, what do you think of Will Barton, Jermichael Green, and a 2025 20, second for Ken, Ken, KCP? So I was going to try to say Contavious, uh, KCP and Montrezl um, I think the KCP and Montrose Herald trade is funny. I mean, they'd be trade being traded again with each other, but right. like, I think there's, there's still something there. I think Bill Barton, we could probably maybe get a little more. I mean, we could, I feel like maybe we could get that done without giving up a second or maybe we could end up actually getting a mm. second back perhaps. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Thomas Bryant. Uh, I thought, I thought of, I looked at him uh, as one of my trade targets as well, but his game log recently hasn't, haven't been the greatest. He's been playing a lot of minutes and hasn't been rebounding or scoring really well and, or been blocking shots. So he's, I, uh, he's struggling coming off of that injury that he yeah, had. And so, so it, it's a tough place to be for him. Yeah. So I'm not too sure if I'd want to be, I'd be willing to give up uh, such a, crucial piece in Will Byron, whether he's, I mean, he's not even that crucial to us winning games, but he's crucial to the locker room and the overall Nuggets culture. So I would be hesitant to give up someone in Will Byron for someone that's kind of a question mark and Contavious Caldwell Pope. But Montrez Harrell is, again, someone interesting, but I don't, once again, I don't know if I'd be willing to give up Will Byron for a backup center role who can't really get a whole lot of run in the playoffs. Right. Tommy, what do you think? Uh, I think if you input Montrez and, and KCP, um, you know, for, for Will Barton and, um, you know, the other assets, I would be, I would be open to that um, just because I think what you gain defensively in KCP and also what you gain offensively on the bench could help balance out the loss um, of Will Barton offensively. Um, you know, he, he's been, he's been up and down this season, got off to a really good start. Um, I'm kind of getting the sense that uh, his time in Denver is is you know coming to a close fairly soon, but at the same time, you also have to raise the question: Who do you trust more in the playoffs, KCP or Will Barton? My answer, um, you know, would would be Will Barton. So so that's a tough one. Uh, the defensive aspect of it was what kind of led me to this move, led me to this idea. Like I think there's right. very few guards in the NBA that kind of makes sense around a Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic core. Uh, but KCP is somebody who could defend point of attack guys, somebody who, uh, who can switch onto larger players and just be a bother kind of pretty much everywhere while also not needing the ball in his hands a ton. So that was the logic behind it, but I can understand the hesitation. He's probably a worse player than Will Barton overall. And when you talk about upsetting the locker room and the chemistry, this is a big deal for the Nuggets. It's a big deal for their continuity. So totally, totally acknowledge that. Um, But I thought it was at least an idea that I would throw out there. Um, All right. I jumped the gun on Peter. So Peter, uh, you want, you want to throw us one more name before we hit another break? 
Yeah. Um. One more name is I. I would like to see is uh, I'd love to see Bryce O'Neill on uh on Denver. He'd be he'd be a, he'd fit a backup. He he could if Bones is having a good playmaking night, he can run the one, and Bryce O'Neill can run the two, and then we can have a good bet a good bench unit. And you know because Bones can like Bones isn't a bad defender, but Bryce O'Neill can still we can make up for Bones' lackluster defense, as well as even. For example, if Will Barton isn't playing well, I trust Roy, I trust Royce O'Neal to go out there and be a competitor and make his wide open shots, play good defense. And I trust Royce, I trust Royce O'Neal a lot, and I, I'm I'm super high on Royce O'Neal. And um, my theoretical trade here is Austin Rivers and Jamichael Green for Royce O'Neal and a second round pick uh, via, via from the Jazz that's via Memphis for this year. Um. Hmm. So why do you think Utah would be willing to do that deal? I think because there's there's um, with Joe Ingles being out for the year, they still they're going to be needing forward play, and they can move Rudy Gay over to the three and Jamichael Green at the four off the bench, as well as if Hassan Whiteside gets into foul trouble, they can move they can still move Jamichael Green to the five instead of having to rely on uh, Yudoka Azubuki for thirty minutes a game. And I think Austin Rivers is still. He's a player that like um, the, the Jazz are running a lot of young guards off the bench who I'm not even familiar with, and I'm familiar with like 99 of the NBA. <laughs> and this, there's so I think Austin Rivers not only can help those young veteran guys or young guys like mature as a veteran, he he also provides a, just a decent amount as he's a good player for with players being out in and out of rotations or protocols and injuries and whatnot. He's still a good player with kick and play substantial minutes, so. And Royce O'Neal, they have like like I said, they have a lot of emerging young guards, and which with them, um, Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson as well. There's not a whole lot of room at the at the two spot, and um, I th- I mean I think Royce O'Neal still probably is a little bit harder to is not the easiest to get, but there's I think there's something here still. Agreed, definitely think. Hey, I I would love to have Royce O'Neal on the team. Like that would be fantastic. He seems like a great option to kind of pair with Aaron Gordon as a defensive bulldog, somebody who just hounds the opposing team's best player. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? Do you think that that gets the deal done? Royce O'Neal was another one of my trade ideas because I, I really like the way he played. Wow. He's a, he's a rugged okay. defender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm not sure how much the Jazz would value Jamal Green, but I think there is value there with Austin Rivers for them because Rivers is a good perimeter defender. I know how much – um, you know, they value defense and also, you know, you can hit the three point shot as well. And, and, you know, we know, um, you know, the jazz take a lot of three pointers. Um, so I would be surprised if they gave up Royce O'Neal for, um, you know, two of our more underwhelming bench pieces, but, uh, Hey, if they want to do that, you know, bring it on. <laughs> I, hey, I agree completely. You, you want to do that? That seems like a good idea. Seems like you could do it. That's a good idea. Okay. Uh, no, I, I think I think the overarching thing that I would talk about here is just Royce O'Neal is so much more of a better player than Austin Rivers or Jermichael Green, and I think the Jazz know that. Uh, but he is a guy that I would love to have. Like I think I think you're in the right ballpark of of players that Denver should be looking at. It's those bulldogs, the perimeter guys that are going to make life hell for the opposing team's best guards, even some of the, the top wings. Like he's, he's a guy that has so much defensive versatility and then he's shot the ball well this year. So it's definitely, a, definitely something that I would consider if, if, if I thought it was on the table, I just don't ever think it will be. Yeah. There's also some, 
uh, something, something to be said about the Nuggets and Jazz probably not wanting to trade with each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, as I would love Rose O'Neal, but yeah, I mean, I think Jermichael Green has to be in that deal for the, I mean, because they, they both make $8 million, $8 million a year and it just, it works out uh, financially. So you can swap out Austin Rivers for a different player or add in someone else, but I wouldn't really want to give up Zeke Naji or Bo, or Bones at all in this trade. So I, as much as I love Rose O'Neal, I do kind of think looking back on this, it probably is his, his value is a little too, is a little too high for what Denver can realistically get. Completely fair. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to finish off the rest of our lists, get to some of these other fake trades. And we've got some spicy names here that I think we're waiting on. We will be right back. All right, back at it. Pick action roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Do all of these great episodes, uh, both solo, but also with some guests. And I'm very excited to have some guests on today who could help me break down the NBA trade deadline. Peter Leansvard, uh, Tommy Knowlton, both guys over at Denver Stiffs. So you should check out their work, check out their writing. They're doing incredible things and continue to progress. It has been fantastic to watch them grow. Um, okay. So we just finished off with Royce O'Neal. That's a, a strong name right in the ballpark of where I think Denver should be looking. Um, Tommy, you want to go next or do you want me to go? Um, I'll pass it off to you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, another name that I have is Justin Holiday. I think that he is one of those perimeter defenders that every team needs, a 3 and D wing who has positional versatility, who can go up and down the floor, doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to make an impact every single possession. And I look forward to seeing where he ends up because I just don't see the Indiana Pacers holding on to him. He's such a valuable player. He's such a good, talented three and D guy. He's up to 37% on the year on threes. Uh, He's a career 37% guy or pretty close to it. He always defends the opposing team's best player, unless they have Torrey Craig out there and they're trying to give him a break. So I just think that there's a lot of utility in having a guy like that, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. Uh, Peter, what say you? Um, I agree completely. I, I, I really, I think the whole, all, all three, uh, all of the Holiday brothers are amazing, are amazing NBA players. And um, I, 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 I looked into that trades, especially a lot of other, like for example, Torrey Craig as well from the Pacers. But I just don't think there's a whole lot that Indiana wants from Denver. I, I, the, we don't really have a lot. We don't really have any young players that I would be willing to give up for a player like Justin Holiday, and I don't really think uh, we should give up. I don't feel like I don't feel like second round picks really move the meter too much for Indiana, and I don't feel like a first round pick is even reasonable as reasonable for the Denver at all. Very fair, like like definitely a fair assessment of where Indiana is at. Uh, the deal that I proposed was Faku Campazo, Vlaco Chanchar a 2024 second round pick and a 2025 second round pick for Justin holiday. Uh, You get two seconds. If you are Indiana, you get an injured Vlaco Chanchar who you get the bird rights to as he's a free agent 
uh, heading into the offseason. So if you if you liked what you saw from him in Denver, then you could you have the first crack at him in the offseason. But for them, they get 25 games of Faku Campazo running their backup point guard. And I think that's been one of the issues for them is they have just a, a really bad backup point guard situation when, when Malcolm Brogdon sits. They don't have anybody that I think you could – like they, they're starting Kiefer Sykes right now with, uh, with Malcolm Brogdon out. And he's has had some good moments. Like he had a really nice moment against the Golden State Warriors on national TV. Yeah. And I, I know everybody incredible. watched that one. That was pretty cool. Um, but I just think that Faku, he reminds me a lot of TJ McConnell. He reminds me of somebody who sets the table for the players around him, makes things easier. And he seems like a guy that could really facilitate good habits and good development for a team like that. As they have a whole bunch of young guys, they're about to add. Faku's a guy who doesn't care about his shots. He just wants to play. He wants to play hard and he's going to help instill good habits there. So uh, Tommy, I know I know you're you're a big fan of Faku. Would this be a deal that you would do if you're Denver, despite giving him up? Well, I believe if the Nuggets think that adding Justin Holiday would make them a championship contender um, this year or next, um, I would I would do that. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure for Wood, but I will say Justin Holiday is an incredible incredible player. Um, went undrafted. Um, and, you know, a, a great perimeter defender as well. Um, but giving Faku to Indiana when they already have TJ McConnell, I think those are just two of the same players. You know, Faku's, you know, probably just a little worse. <laughs> he, TJ's out word. for the season, by the way. He's uh, he's on the injury list. Oh, he's not what? somebody who's uh, who's available. Okay. And so would they resign him next year, Faku, if we if we traded him over there? I don't know. I, mean, like, I think what the, value would Faku bring to a Pacers team that um, you know is, is obviously trying to trade away all their best players and not really, um, you know, tr- trying to compete. Um, well, I do think that the the two second round picks are really where the value comes from oh, in this. Course. But one of, of the course. one of the yeah. byproducts of getting Faku is that he's going to be a guy that helps set the table for other people while he's there because Faku's going to play hard. Like that's, that's the one thing about him that you're never going to have to worry about is he's going to play hard. He's going to try his best and he's going to do all the right things and be a professional. And I think that's one of the things that Indiana could really use as they kind of transfer into this rebuild where I assume Sabonis is going to be gone. I assume Turner's going to be gone. Uh, TJ Warren is not going to play. Like I, I have to imagine that he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, they've already traded, traded Karis LeVert for Ricky Rubio and Ricky Rubio is out for the season. So they're going to have a need for somebody who could just run an NBA offense. And I think the Faku can do that. Yeah, you're right. I hesitate giving up four assets um, for holiday. Uh, but yeah, I do think Faku, Faku could, um help that team i will ask a question what what do you think because i played around with justin holiday too what what do you think about um justin holiday for zeke Nagy? that's uh, man it's it's like giving up the 6-6 version of somebody for the 6-11 version of somebody like they they are very similar players i wouldn't give up zeke Nagy because i think that his size 
and his shooting ability at that level, I think it's just going to be really valuable for the Nuggets going forward. And like Jeff Green's not going to be a spry young chicken forever. Uh, he may decide that he wants to go somewhere else next year. And you need some Michael Porter insurance, right? Like Aaron Gordon can move over to the three, but then Zeke Naji might next year might be starting at the four. Like they they might decide that or Jeff Green might decide he wants to go a different direction. So having Zeke Naji, I think is really important for this team long-term because he's very familiar. He's a good defensive player uh, and he fits really well on the offensive end. It's just a, a Jokic ball player. Who's going to hit the shots that he takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. Giving up Zeke Naji is, is tough. Um, I, I will say, I, I feel like there is maybe a, um, a two to three championship year window that the Nuggets need to capitalize on right now. And I think that Justin, Justin Holiday's production within those couple of years, I think would be better than Najee. Najee's going to be better long-term in my opinion, but I think Holiday could help you win right now more than Why Zeke not both Najee of them? Can. Why not both? Like, why can't they play on this floor at the same time? Justin Holiday and Zeke Najee? Yeah. Well, I'm saying if, if we were to give up Zeke Najee, then you know we wouldn't have him. We acquired Justin Holiday in the trade, so I guess I'm not. Oh, gonna, so uh, you're you're still thinking about your like question? I, I just don't think that you have to give up Zeke Naji for Justin Holiday. Like yeah, I, I, I think, think giving that's... up Zeke Naji is a little bit a little bit too much. As Zeke, like, I mean, Justin Holiday is kind of. I think he's almost at his peak right now. I don't feel like he can be a much better player than he is currently. Thirty-two and, years old. Yeah. yeah. So. I feel like he, yeah, he's a great player, but I feel like there's definitely more. And I think Faku is a good, he, he, like the Pacers big thing is they don't want to rebuild because they want, they need, they still want to have fan attendance. They still want people to be watching the games, especially the ownership. They want ticket sales and all that stuff. And Faku is as much as he's an exciting NBA player. So there's like, might be only a small crowd, but there's, there's a legitimately a, a lot of fans who are going to tune in to watch Faku Kapazo every night. So yeah, that's, they're, a, that's they're, a good point. There's a, there's something there, and I feel like we can I feel like we can hold on to Zeke Naji in those trades, but I would love to see Justin Holiday. He feels like a player that kind of completes an eight or nine man rotation, right? Like he's he's your eighth man, not somebody that you rely upon to be the best player or the second best player or the third best player, but he's somebody that fills in the gaps. And and Denver needs those kinds of players because if you believe in Murray coming back, if you believe in Porter coming back. They need somebody who's going to do the little things, play play a good defensive role, hit the outside shots when they come to you. It seems like that would be a good fit. Um, and a good thing is that he's also locked up for next year too. So this isn't a an expiring contract. He will also be on like a $6.5 million contract for next year too. So that's, that's a pretty affordable uh, number for a player like him. Um, okay. Let's do another name. Okay, so Tommy, you, you you gave it off to me. Now I'm going to give it back to you here. What is another name that you have for the trade deadline? All right, well, um, this might be a little bit of a fancy idea because he is uh, severely underpaid, but uh, Lou Dort is one of my favorite players in the NBA. Man. I think if you added Lou Dort into this rotation with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., this is a championship team. Um, Without a doubt, I, I really love Lou Dort. He's a rugged defender of the perimeter. He has super quick feet. He guards um, with his body instead of his hands. Um, excellent three-point shooter. 
um, as well. I think he's averaging about 17 a game this year. So maybe if you could ship off um, Will Barton, Oklahoma City has a lot of cap space. So maybe they could absorb that. Again, not sure if they would want it. But if we could add a guy um, like Lou Dort, his physicality, his intensity on both ends of the court, that would that would really put us in a championship um, contender space. I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised that you didn't go with the other OKC guard that I think could potentially be on the trade market. Kenny Hustle, Kenrich Williams. He's a yeah. he's another hustler that I think would be a, yeah. a really really good fit for Denver. But I think you're on the right you're on the right ballpark here on the kind of player that Denver needs to add, right? Uh, Peter, what do you think of Lou Dort? What do you think of uh, I, I want, I'm going to throw in Kenrich Williams on the on this one as well because I think both of those guys could be very helpful for a contender. Um, I agree with what Tommy said. I think Lou Dort is a player that could start alongside a healthy Jamal Murray, and he can he provides a lot of like he can handle he can guard the primary defense the primary like offensive player on the other team. Like he he can guard. I'm not sure if he can guard the Lucas, but he can go out there and guard the. Deer and Foxes and the oh, they, can, they can go out and guard all those quicker guards and all that stuff. And I think he, he he can he can space the floor really well. He's a good finisher at the rim. Like Tommy said, he is kind of underpaid, so it's it might be hard to work out a deal with them. But OKC does have a lot of cap room, so I mean, I would be willing to give, even give up. I might be willing to give up a first round pick to get Lou Dort, and I know that that almost instantly gets the deal done for OKC. <laughs> and I but yeah, Lou Dort is. I would love, I would love, love, love to have Ludor on this team, and I think he definitely moves the moves the needle to a championship contender for us. So long uh, as Jamal Murray comes back healthy, he'd be fantastic. Like I don't, I don't think there's any debating that, right? Like he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, uh, on one of the best contracts in the NBA. Unfortunately, I'm gonna play the bear, the the bearer of bad news here. I think OKC knows that too. And they're going to want to <laughs> hold on to him for sure. Like he's, he's got that fantastic contract where they locked him up for long-term on like a 1.5 or 2 million a year kind of deal. And that's just grand larceny for a, a quality player like that. Uh, so I think that if I were giving equivalent value for him, it would probably be close to two first round picks, which is nuts. But I think there are teams out there that would probably pay that. Like if you said, or Phoenix came out there and was like, hey, we'd love to give you Jalen Smith and a first-round pick, maybe maybe two first-round picks, then I think OKC would seriously think about that. I'm not sure Denver has enough to give, though, Tommy. Like what would you come up with uh, other than Will Barton that could potentially be in that deal? Well, I feel like even if you did throw in, um, you know, two ones that um, we have in, in the in the later years, I think Oklahoma City would would consider that as well because they love to stock uh, first round draft picks. So they um, they gotta stop that at some point, though, right? Like, yeah, like yeah, at some point. point, there's gotta be enough is enough. Like, sometimes you gotta build a team, right? Yeah, but I also th- I also think that there's some validity in trading Will Barton there because they like we saw we saw what happened with Chris Paul. They can just flip Will Barton for assets as well. Like Will Barton's a, still a very good NBA player and is worth something. So not only could you say if we get up, we give up two first round picks or a first a one first round pick in two seconds and Will Barton, I think that's a great trade for both sides. I mean, I feel like Denver might, might get away Scott like, a little better, but. I mean, I, I, st- I, depending on what what other teams are offering for Lou Dort, which I'm sure is going to be a lot, but 
I, I, I think that there's definitely is something with Will Barton in the first round picks for the door. Cause Will Barton can, yeah. I mean, I mean, he can't get flipped to get the, at the dead at this deadline again, but he still can definitely get you another first round pick at least in the, in the future. I bet. And Will probably Barton could. Fills, uh, he, I think Will Barton fills a role for Oklahoma city. He does on the line. They, they need a, a kind of shot creator alongside of uh Shea Gilgis Alexander. And they got some talent, you know, they got some talent with, yeah. with Josh Giddy over there. So I, I think that could, that could work out. Um, you know, for, for them long term as well. Yeah, they don't really have a whole lot of scores over there. They have Shea, and that's that's about it. Everyone else is kind of fills a nice role and would be good on other like, good on other teams. And that's mm-hmm. they just kind of have a lot of good role players. Like for example, Kenny Hustle, like uh, Ryan mentioned earlier. And again, I would love to. I think Kenny Hustle would be would be great. But then again, I, I'm sure all 29 teams are calling about Kenny Hustle this trade deadline. Or I mean, yeah. I'm sure. I mean. I mean, the Rockets probably aren't, but there's 25 teams calling about Kenny Hustle. So, I mean, I don't, I just don't, I just, I, a lot of, for a lot of these really high value players, I just, I'm not too confident in Denver being able to offer the best package available. I think that's a great point. Like that's, that's probably the overarching point that every Nuggets fan needs to take home. If they listen to this podcast and they've gotten to this point, it's like, Hey, Denver, they, they're going to try, like they're going to try to put together the best package for a lot of these teams, but they're probably going to be outbid uh, on the players that are actually going to move the needle. I think Lou Dort's one of them, even if OKC would actually accept that Kenny hustles, another where a team is, they, they may throw a first round pick and Denver may not be willing to do that. So I, uh, I get it. I think it's, it's going to be tough, but uh you guys again are on the right track of what I think Denver needs with the with some of these perimeter defensive bulldogs. Um, Peter, you got another name for us? Yes. So I've got a little bit of a bigger trade here, and it it, resol- it revolves around Marcus Smart and Aaron Neesmith. And I think this works out because we end up giving uh, Celtics Zeke Nye, you Will Bar, and Austin Rivers, as well as a few picks. And I think this works out well, even though the the fit of Will Barton next to Jason Tatum is a little bit questionable. There's still uh, the, the Celtics need to do something, even though they have the best defense to over uh, in this new year, which is, which is still crazy to me, but so I'm not sure if moving Mucker smart is all that realistic to them, but they definitely need to look at the roster and consider some consider shaking things up. Cause this, they there for how, how, for how this roster, how good this roster is, they should not be where they are in the standings. And I I think that Will Barton's I think Zeke Naji fits a role of he can once like if J, once Jason Tatum is out he, he can still stretch the floor alongside uh, if they stagger Jalen Brown's minutes and he he can learn from uh, Al Horford over there and there's still there's still stuff to be there he's a, still is a promising young player that I think Boston would be excited to take on and they also get Austin Rivers which is also who is a um the, we all we all know the Celtics needs some playmaking and Austin Rivers has for as much as much as he's not great, he can he can still provides a he provides a role that the Celtics definitely need. And I, I also have in this trade that we end up swapping uh, 2024 first round picks where the Celtics get the better uh, get the worst one, so like we get the, like the higher the like the 25th pick or whatever, which would be. And so I feel like there's something there's something here. And Aaron Eastwith also is a is a player who didn't really pan out for Boston, but could fill a role for Denver, which so. I think there's something it's, it's kind of mostly revolves Marcus smart for Will Barton swap and depending on how willing the Celtics are willing to do that. But I, th- I personally would love to see Marcus smart in a Nuggets uniform. Oh, uh, there's no doubt. Like if, if you're, if you're identifying the perfect player to play next to Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic, 
Marcus Smart is probably very close to what that player looks like, if just from a a realistic standpoint. And it, it may not be realistic. Like I think Boston is very peculiar about what they would accept and wouldn't accept for a Marcus Smart trade. Uh, they seem like the only like they would only accept a third star in all likelihood in in return for Marcus Smart, but if they were willing to accept something a little bit less than that and, and were willing to kind of try out Will Barton as a sixth man type or see if Zeke Naji and Robert Williams would fit next to each other and things like that, then I, I think this is, a, this is a package that I could see being good equitable value for a player like Smart. It's just if, if the Celtics are willing to be logical, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think the same thing is, is to be said about even any Will Barton trades for the Nuggets. I mean, he is the longest tenured Nugget. And like he said earlier, he, trading him could have set the locker room. It probably won't. They're all professionals. But again, it's not, probably not the greatest thing to trade the longest tenured Nugget who everyone loves. And I mean, fans have a little bit of polarized opinion on him recently, but everyone everyone likes Willie B. Buckets. <laughs> Also, one of the reasons why I think trading him to OKC uh, might not go over well with the yeah. overarching uh, Nuggets contingent and with Will Barton specifically, uh, he, he may not uh, decide that he wants to do that. But uh, on, on Marcus Smart, uh, Tommy, what, what do you think? Marcus Smart, another one of those defensive bulldog type guards makes a lot of sense, right? Absolutely. I'd love to have Marcus Smart. On this team, like you said, bulldog mentality. I think that's what I would really love to see the Nuggets acquire. Um, it is is a mindset shift within this team. I think we've we've seen it a little bit um, with with the Marcus Cousins. I know you know kind of a hot head. You know he's got his technical fouls and whatnot. But the Nuggets need that type of player that was Paul Millsap standing up to the Clippers in the playoffs, saying, "No, we're not. We're not going home." And I, I don't know if we have that player right now. I think DeMarcus Cousins can be that player. But, again, you know, he's on his um, you know, second 10-day contract. We're not sure where that's going to go. Uh, but Marcus Smart definitely brings that type of energy, but also that type of production where he can start and he can be um, a consistent role player for this team. So I would absolutely love I love. I mean, I love the idea. If Denver could get that, that would be something that I would definitely consider uh, might even consider Grant Williams instead of Aaron Neesmith, Peter, uh, just because yeah. if you're trading for Zeke Naji, uh, both sides might decide that, that that would be a better use for each yeah. guy would be to swap them. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I do know Grant Williams and Jason Tatum kind of have a rapport together and are pretty uh, are friendly off the court. And so I don't know if I think Grant Williams would be kind of harder to get than Aaron Neesmith because – I know, I know Aaron Neesmith has been rumored and he's, he's getting DNP mm-hmm. some games and he's something a la, J, a la Jared Culver in Minnesota where he has a talent of a, of a lottery pick, but isn't really getting the opportunity. And I feel like he, would be, I feel like I, I, I would love to have Grant Williams, but I feel like Aaron Neesmith is a, still a good return. and would probably be uh, the Celtics would be, would be more willing to give up Aaron Neesmith than Grant Williams. If you need a 6'5 or 6'6 shooting guard, then just go ask the Boston Celtics. They could probably <laughs> offer you about four or five. I mean, they've got Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Brown. Uh, I'm sure they could, they could cobble something else together, but getting yeah. the Will Barton as well would be – it would be par for the course for sure. Um, yeah, hey, if, if that was available to Denver, then absolutely. I hope that Denver calls about Marcus Smart. I think that he's somebody that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
and he's also a guy that's going to be under contract for a while. So exactly, yeah, I should say the that. Uh, the money is going to be pretty difficult. But I I am also not worried about uh, to Josh Kroenke's pockets. Like that's just I'm just not I'm just not going to be worried about that. And and, and Walton is like hopefully he'll pay the nine point nine point one billion dollars. So I'm I'm definitely uh definitely not going to sweat the the couple mil that they have to go over the luxury tax for. Yeah. Um, okay, I've got another name here. Uh, Jalen Smith is somebody that I mentioned earlier as the, the Phoenix Suns. I think that they are uh, definitely in a position where they're trying to capitalize on this season. And Jalen Smith is somebody that's not really going to help the Suns do that. Uh, they've got DeAndre Ayton. They've got uh, JaVale McGee, who's played really well. They still have Frank Kaminsky. They still have Bismack freaking Biombo, who's still giving them good minutes. I just don't know what Jalen Smith is going to do for that team, which is why I posited the idea of Austin Rivers, Lacko Chanchar, and a 2024 second-round pick for Jalen Smith. Uh, Rivers could make sense uh, within that construct. If uh, if Landry Shamit's not playing good enough defense, then Austin Rivers certainly will. And he's kind of a veteran guard that would mix in with Devin Booker and Chris Paul pretty well and has familiarity with Chris Paul, of course. So, uh, Tommy, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you think of, uh, what do you think of Jalen Smith, a, a young rookie or young second year player from the Suns? I, I think there's, there is some upside, um, with that. I, I think he does, you know, have, have some potential, um, you know, shooting the basketball and, you know, he, he's an athletic, um, uh, athletic player. Um, the connection was, um, you know, bugging out on me. I'm not sure what you, um, said in return for him. Uh, Austin Rivers, Flacco Chanchar, and a 2024 second. Okay. Yeah, I think Chanchar provides um, some some value for the Suns or any team for that matter. I think Chanchar, um, you know, he's a, he's a playmaker. He's a strong player. So I think that might be welcomed, um, you know, by the Suns. I think Jalen Smith, um, you, know, you know, could could provide some some production for Denver um, would like to see a little bit of that production beforehand, before you grab um, an asset like him, but uh, there's some, there's some upside there. Uh, Peter, what do you think? What do you think of the package? Um, I think, I think it's interesting. Um, Getting someone in in a lottery talent in Jalen Smith is interesting, but the whole, I mean, I'm kind of turned off by the way he's been treated in Phoenix. It's kind of, peculiar of how he he could have been such a high draft pick and they just kind of gave up on him and they just they're just not playing him i'm not sure if i'm jumping at the seams to uh you know trade for him exactly and granted we're not really giving up all that much and i'd so i'd still be willing to do this but like like tommy said i would like to see just a little more from jalen smith and I, i would i would I would rather go with a different go with a different direction for a backup uh, backup five than Jalen Smith, but there he there's still like he could still be good, but not my personal preference of the move. Totally, totally fair. Like he's he's not a reliable veteran, somebody that you can just plug in there and know what you're getting. Uh, you're definitely taking a chance, and I think that chance is hey, maybe he's a guy that that profiles as a sixth or seventh man for this team that could play next to Nikola Jokic at times and then really anchor the second unit, or he's a guy that's going to bust. And he's a guy that doesn't necessarily have his head on straight, and that's why he hasn't getting hasn't been getting time with Phoenix. I'm I'm not reporting anything, or I'm just saying that whatever the case is, he hasn't really worked out there. I think a lot of it has been injury, and a lot of it is just the, the championship expectations that they have. 
they can't wait around for Jalen Smith. I'm not sure if Denver's any different. Like they, they need guys who are going to be helpful and provide wins and not make mistakes. Uh, but I also think that if Denver's playing Bones Highland right now, then they're willing to have guys that make mistakes as long as they're doing it full speed and playing the right way. So if Smith were able to do that, then maybe Denver could hit like a, a diamond in the rough there. But I think it, it was just a name that Matt Moore of the Action Network had thrown out uh, as somebody that has been getting a lot of calls. And Denver has actually called about Jalen Smith, according to Matt. Uh, so that's why I wanted to throw it out there here. Yeah, I think there's definitely something there. I just, I think de- in all in all realistic uh, moves, I feel like Denver probably stays patient at the deadline. I would love to see them do something, but knowing Tim Connolly and the and the front office, we probably aren't going to do anything all that big. So I feel like just I wouldn't be all that excited. If this is like one of the few moves we we make. There's I feel like we should. I would rather st- just stand pat than get Jalen Smith. I'd rather because the the Suns declined his. Uh, they didn't offer him a qualifying offer. So if we're really all that all that into Jalen Smith, we could go sign him in free agency. I'm sure the Suns aren't going to want to pay him a whole lot of money. Hmm. Okay. Um, Tommy, any lasting thoughts on Jalen Smith, or do you want to move on to another guy? Well, I mean, uh, long story short with Jalen Smith, I, I just think that uh, the Nuggets are in win-now mode, and I'm not sure that that helps them um, win now, um, maybe years later, but but not now. Fair. Totally fair. All right. How many I've, – I've got one more name. How many names do you, each of you guys have? Um, I have I have one more trade, and then I I have two more trades. One more per, like one kind of wild card like as a three team trade that we could Nuggets could potentially get into, and then one pretty straightforward just two team uh, one one on one trade. Tommy, what about you? Uh, well, all my bullets are out with um, the five players that I had, but um, I can definitely I got some lost top of my head. Okay, um, let's go. We're we're running out of time here, so let's. Uh, Let's go with Peter's names here right now. We'll go with yours one, your one, then I'll go with one, and then we'll finish up with your three-team trade, Peter. Uh, so give me your okay. first name. Um, so my first name is uh, Danilo Gallinari re- uh, Reunion. Wow. Okay. Okay. Give, give me your uh, your pitch. So this is this involves Gallinari, Timothy Luau Kebaro, DeAndre Hunter, and the Hornets pick via the Hawks in 2022. And we would be sending the Hawks Will Barton, Jamichael Green, Vladko Chanchar, our pick in 2022, our second round pick in 2024, and our pick in 2026. Okay. So I had a talk with Tommy about this early, and I didn't talk to you about it. Do you know what the Stepien rule is? I do, but I thought we could get around it because we're getting a pick from Charlotte in 2022 as well. Um, so no matter what, you cannot trade or you can't trade picks in back-to-back years. Okay. So I, if you're okay. getting the 2022 pick, uh, you still have to worry about the 2024 and 2026 because 2023 and 2025 are gone. Um, so yeah. it would be cap illegal at that point. Uh, right, I'm yeah. also thinking like, what the hell? Uh, DeAndre Hunter, <laughs> why would they trade DeAndre Hunter? What the what in the world? <laughs> well, I was thinking, I, I mean, my logic was getting two first round picks back for him because, I mean, the Hawks, again, are struggling like they, like they have. And Will Barton is a player who can fit alongside Trey Young and, he can hit those shots. He can he can spot up. He can give ISO ball and let Trey Young have a little bit of a break. And I, he's I think he fits well next to Trey Young. And 
as well as as well as Jermichael Green. We know we know that they have a little bit of a front court. I mean, they're 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 filled up with Jermichael Green, uh, Kongu, and Clint Capella. But there's there's still always going to be room for another versatile uh, four who can space space the floor a little bit, defend the rim well, and can roll well. And I think uh, and Vladko Chanchar is still a young player who has a little bit of potential. But I think this is more of an unrealistic trade, but also because. The, I think the primary asset in return for Will Barton and all this is DeAndre Hunter because Daniel Gallinari, depending on who you ask, is technically a bad contract. And even though part of it, most of his deal next year is not guaranteed, so his, it's not going to be twenty million for two years. It'll be probably it'll be like, I think it'll be more than like ten or something like that, which is still fine. So I think I think that they're just they're getting out of the bad contract in Gallinari for two players who will help their rotation now, and also someone Timothy Cabro who isn't playing, and they're also I mean I guess because the stepping rule doesn't work, but some first, some future first round picks for as well as for as for DeAndre Hunter. So I I agree it's probably not the most realistic trade, but I think there's like the Hawks definitely should be looking at moving some of the pieces, and if they don't want to move John Collins, if one of the other on the other, really only other piece they have that to move is Kevin Harder or DeAndre Hunter, who or or Kongu, who would make a big a big, you know, a big difference. Yeah, I like DeAndre Hunter. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of those guys that he got a little injured over the course of these last couple of years, but when he's been on the court, he's been fantastic and just like a really good third piece for a team with two stars already. So if if you're thinking about moving Michael Porter, then I think that they'd be probably more interested in it. I don't think you're thinking about trading Michael Porter. And I think that the Hawks are probably going to be like, man, Will Barton. Nah, like that's just, that's just not like the centerpiece for, for what they'd be looking for. And I think you're trying to make up the value of it in first round picks when they're still trying to contend. Right. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree. And I I mean, maybe there's some sort of there, maybe there's a third team that could jump in here and, and end up sending some more value to the Hawks and whatever. But I, 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 just, I, I was just trying to think of some way if we can get end up getting Gallinari and DeAndre Hunter was one of those contracts that appears to be that fits that fits well in the thing and Will Barton is I, DeAndre Hunter is better than Will Barton but I think that I mean the Hawks do they they're a young team who probably could benefit from some ste- like Will Barton isn't necessarily steady a steady veteran but he's a veteran that can provide some stability in the locker room and stability game to game and slowing the tempo down and all that I feel like. I, but I, I do agree that this is a little, probably a little bit unrealistic of the Hawks not probably don't really want to trade John Hunter unless they're getting another franchise corner piece player back. Right. And um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's probably where it starts and stops with that. Like, I think they'd prefer if, if they are going to move Hunter, it's going to be for a star. I just don't think that Denver's going to be willing to do that. But hey, I like him. I really like him. He's, he's one of those guys that, that you want to circle on this on this thing and just poach him from a team that that doesn't necessarily use him correctly. And I think that Denver would be a fantastic fit for him. Unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I'm going to throw out my name, my last name, and then we'll finish with your three-team trade. Uh, Derek White. Derek White, Tommy, I think is a, a player that in the realm of a Marcus Smart, in the realm of, of players that are kind of combo-ish guards that have some playmaking, have some defense, have some shooting, have some slashing, like guys that can really do a lot of different things. That's a player in Derek White that I, I'm I'm really high on. What what say you? Oh, absolutely, a former Colorado guy from a CU product. So uh, a bunch of the fans would love would love to see um, him return to the state. But also, what I love about his game and what I think he could really add to this Nuggets team is, is some downhill action. A lot of times, the Nuggets just get stagnant on the perimeter and 
really the only player um, that, um, you know, it moves downhill with the save ferocity um, that we have right now is kind of Faku Compazzo. He always plays downhill, but we don't really have a guy like Derek White um, who's just aggressive to the lane, um, but could also dish the basketball. So that, that would be, that would be a great fit. Um, you know, start him at two guard, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, probably a little, I, w- I would say in my ideal world, I'd like a little bit of a, you know, a, a bigger, more rugged defender, but I think what he lacks in size um, on the defensive end, he definitely makes up offensively. The idea that I have here is Will Barton, Zeke Naji, and a 2027 first for Derek White. It's a lot to give up. You're giving up a starter in Will. You're giving up a young player in Zeke Naji, and you're giving up a first-round pick beyond that. So it's, it's, a, it's a high value for a player like Derek White. But my belief is that I think he completes that lineup and, and turns it into a legitimate championship contender that can combat um, the Suns that can combat the Warriors. You have Derek White to go chase around Steph Curry or Chris Paul or Donovan Mitchell or players like that. You have Aaron Gordon who can guard Draymond Green or Devin Booker or kind of move up and down different lineups and do some different things. But he doesn't then have to guard the smaller guards where you've got like the 6'2 guys, the 6'3 guys. Uh, and and Aaron Gordon can kind of be a little bit more multidimensional in that case, because I think that's actually been misusing him for sure. Uh, and and having a guy like Derek yeah. White who could take up that assignment while also being potent offensively. I think that's a player that you look at if you're Denver and think, OK, this guy completes us. We thought we were really good with Will and the rest of the core four. Now we've got Derek White, who's locked up for several years and, and could really put together something special for a couple of years. Uh, Peter, what do you think? I agree completely. I think Derek White is that last piece of a, of a championship contending team. And that, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like, like I, kind of what I said about the Lou Dort trade is that I'm, I'm sure a lot of teams will be calling about Derek White. And I would love to see him, especially because he went to CU and he, uh, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what high school he went to, but I know he, he went to the high school right around my, right around where I'm from. And uh, so it'd be, it would be, ama- it'd be amazing to see him back in Denver. But um, again, I just don't know how, what his value is like from other teams, what the Spurs are really looking for back for him. I'm like, I, I'm sure we'll, I'm not sure if they're looking for, I mean, Zeke Najee's a young player and the first time picking the future is nice, but I'm not sure if Will Barton's really something they kind of want, but I would, I would, I think Derek, Derek White does completely compete, complete us. And if there's any way we can get Derek White on the team, I think we should, that, that's, that, that might be my favorite trade asset we can realistically get. Cause like you said about Marcus Smart, it's, it's kind of Boston's value on him is a little weird. I think, the Spurs value on Derek White's a lot more realistic. So I feel like that I would, I would love that to happen. Derek White's one of those guys for the Spurs where they have Kelvin Johnson, DeJounte Murray, Josh Primo, Devin Vassell. Uh, they've, they've got a lot of other young guys and, and you add Zeke Naji to that list. He's kind of a 6'10", 6'11", forward that they can pair with those guys. Makes a lot of sense. I think logically with that group and, working with the Spurs development system and, and getting some time to shine, he would he'd probably work pretty well there. Um, but I would be worried. Will Barton's a guy that maybe, maybe you flip to a third team. If you're the Spurs, uh, maybe you start him temporarily and then have him come off the bench next year while he, uh, while, and then 
flip him at the deadline or something, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, but you got to give something to get something. Derek White's a guy that I think you give up assets to go get because I think he's he's one of those players that I think has gone very much under the radar nationally. And a, as a player that I think many in Colorado are familiar with, he would be a fantastic piece on both ends of the floor to kind of complete the group. Tommy, what do you think? Again, I mean, I, I think it'd be a perfect move uh, for this team in the age of, um, you know, where, where the three-point shot is valued at such a high clip. Everybody's shooting threes. Derek White's game is is refreshing. I would love to see the Nuggets get back to that kind of fundamental basketball of just driving to the lane when your three-point shots aren't working, driving in the lane, get to the free throw line. I, I think his mentality – um, you know, really could could cultivate more of that identity inside of, um, you know, inside the team. So you've got Murray, you've got Derek White, you've got Monte Morris and Bones Highland in the backcourt. Uh, I think this actually, like, with the way that Derek White plays, he might be a good fit with Bones Highland as well, which one of the things that I, I thought about with this move, perhaps you move Monte Morris in the future to kind of recoup some value at the forward spot that you gave up for Zeke Naji as Bones kind of comes into his own. But that's yeah. something that you just get, you think about down the line. You don't necessarily worry about now. Uh, for now, I think that Derek White's a guy that that helps push you over the top. And, and we would see that in Denver. But uh, there's a lot of people that I think would push back on the amount that I just gave up. So I, I totally understand that too. Yeah. And maybe there's a world we can end up getting Jakob Pertl as well, which uh, would be a great mm-hmm. backup center for us. But I'm yeah. not sure if mm-hmm. his value is a lot. More, his value is pretty high. I would, I would imagine too. Very good, like a, a very talented player who would be uh, just a an absolute brick house at for the second unit for sure. That's a that's a good name to throw out there. Even if it was like Drew Eubanks, like I'd be okay with grabbing somebody yeah. like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, we have reached uh, the pinnacle here, the the ultimate trade that that Peter has been has been hinting at for a little bit. Uh, Peter, what what'd you come up with? So I came up with um, so there's been a lot a lot of mutual interest between the Kings and the Pelicans and De'Aaron Fox. I know De'Aaron Fox is from New Orleans and. The Kings have been wanting to trade De'Aaron Fox for obvious reasons. So the Nuggets end up getting in on this action and score a package of Josh Hart and Herbert Jones oh. while while mostly giving out Will Barton, Jamichael Green in a first-round pick. And the Kings package mostly fo- focuses surrounding uh, Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Trey Murphy, the Lakers pick in 2024, the Pelicans pick next year, and the De- and Denver's pick in 2027. And the Pelicans get Will Barton, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bat, and Marvin Bagley. And so I think I think this makes sense for the Kings because they have a player, Tyus Halliburton, who can proven is proven to play the point guard position elite. And they're able to they're able to move off De'Aaron Fox and hit a quick little rebuild and get get two really valuable assets in the Pelicans pick and the Lakers pick. Because who knows what the Pelicans look like next year? Well, whereas this trade probably puts them into contention but or not contention for like you know but a good playoff team in my imagine and the, the lakers pick could really be highly valuable next year and um trey murphy again was a rookie this year who can prove to be someone good Nikhil alexander walker is someone who uh has, he has a little has had a little bit of a down year this year but was really good last season and is is pretty is 
you know, as a good, a great NBA player, but he can, someone who could come off the bench and be, can run an offense and give you great, do some great stuff, attacking the rim and all that. And then you also kind of swap Marvin Bagley for Jackson Hayes here. Cause I know the Kings want to get rid of Marvin Bagley and the Pelicans don't really want to get rid of Jackson Hayes, but he's been playing good enough as, and his fit is always, his fit there has kind of always been a little weird. And you're also getting Devontae Graham, uh, Jermichael Green, and Thomas Sandaransky back, who kind of make the money all work. And Devontae Graham's still a solid NBA player, but and yeah, I think there's it's there's a lot to unpack here. But I think there's 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 something to be said here. I'm not sure if the, the trade might work better with the Nuggets not being in there, but there's still I think because this this also yeah I mean the, the Pelicans do this trade because they want to get they want to make the most favorable outcome for Zion when he comes back and. A lineup of De'Aaron Fox, Will Barton, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Jonas Valanciunas is a very legitimate playoff team. It was very good. Like that's a that's a really good lineup. Um, I'm not sure if they'd be willing to give up Josh Hart uh, just because. I mean, well, they got to give up somebody. I know, but yeah, um, there that's a that's a definite factor in all of this because you you need some defenders in that case because De'Aaron Fox isn't defending. Will Barton's not really defending. Ingram. Zion, Jonas Valanciunas, like I, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to cobble together enough defense in order to be successful. That's one of the great yeah. things about Herbert Jones. It's one of the great things about Josh Hart, and I'm, I'm sure that's why you wanted Denver to get in on those guys because they, uh, they know uh, that you know exactly what you want if you're the Nuggets. You want those perimeter defenders who cut, who move. And, and both of those guys would be would be really really nice in a Nuggets uniform. Hey, you've got my stamp of approval. I'm not sure you've got either of the other GMs, but you've got mine. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, what 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 do you think, Tommy? Let's uh, let's hear your opinion on uh, Herbert Jones and Josh Hart. Uh, well, yeah, I, I agree. I do not. I definitely don't think the Pelicans want to uh, get rid of Herbert Jones. I mean, we just saw this guy play the Nuggets, scored 22 points and scored 18 in the fourth quarter. Um, he was yeah. so good, guys. Like, I was there. He yeah. was freaking he, great. He was awesome. He was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Euro steps right not, around you know, Jokic. My God, like that dude is just a fantastic player. He's incredible. Love to have him on my team, um, but for the Pelicans um, to get to get rid of him and then kind of you know add Will Barden, I'm not really sure how Will Barden and Brandon Ingram Ingram would play alongside each other. They kind of have um, similar games, um, you know, the shot creators uh, that play play in a similar way. Um, so for the Pelicans, um, you know, to give up those assets uh, that that might hurt a little bit. But again, if if the Nuggets are getting some in return. It's all good with me. They're yeah. also getting Darren Fox. Like, yeah. so that's, that's one of the things of that if you're, if you're thinking I about think he's it, had from, a little bit of a down year though. He has, but like, he's still a freaking great player. Of like course, I, no, he's still a superstar level player. Maybe it will. Okay. Or no, he he potentially be a bit. superstar level player. He's not a superstar <laughs> right now. He still has the potential to be a franchise leading point guard. I could, I feel like he, he, he might not be able to lead a, lead a team to a championship, but he can definitely in his peak. I feel like he can lead a team into a deep playoff run. He would pair super well with Zion. I'll say that. Yeah, sure. I think uh, if I'm if I'm looking at this from the Kings' perspective, probably not coming up with enough to really entice them. Like I think the a couple first round picks that could be valuable may just not be the the package that you're looking for. And I know that you you included Trey Murphy and Jackson Hayes and whatnot. So mm-hmm. so maybe they'd be willing, maybe they'd be interested. But yeah, and I've also toyed around with the idea of Herb Jones going to the Kings or because Herb Jones he's on he's not making a whole lot of money. So it's not like him going to Denver makes or breaks this trade. 
so there's definitely a world where they they hold on to hit hold on to herb jones the the kings get herb jones and there's i think but i feel like there's def, there's i would almost bank on De'Aaron fox going to the pelicans because i'm i he's from the pelicans i know the pelicans are well, their they're report i think winterhorse reported that they want to be the biggest or some, are going to be some of the biggest buyers of the trade deadline and I think there's just a ton of interest between Darren Fox and New Orleans. And if Denver can get in it, can get in on that, I think it'd be wonderful. I would even like take it one step further rather than De'Aaron Fox. What about CJ McCollum of uh of Portland and whether he he might be a good fit with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson? I think if I'm the Pelicans, I would much rather have De'Aaron Fox. He is a lot oh, younger. Hundred percent. Like and so I feel like you could probably get CJ McCollum for less, but then again, I feel like Portland's going to want a lot more younger assets. And yeah, Trey Murphy and Nikhil Alexander and maybe a first could probably get that done. But I think if the Kings are willing to, because he, he, like like Tommy said, he's been on a bit of a down year. So, I mean, I don't think I don't think the Ben Simmons thing is there anymore. I'm not sure they really want Sabonis for Fox. So I feel like there's like, I mean, you might just have to, you might have to settle for a myriad of four decent young players who could pro- like become starter like pretty good starter level players and then three first round picks i feel like that's still good value for a fringe a fringe star level player well you've officially broken my brain i uh, <laughs> i'm i'm excited to tell everybody that now after thinking about all of these trade proposals my brain has officially snapped uh we are we are at i think at a good place to call it though that's a that's a fun session of discussing trades with my guys Tommy and Peter, uh, guys, do you, do you have anything to to plug or promote that you you want to share with the audience before we get out of here? Um, I don't got, I don't have anything. Um, my Twitter is <laughs> pizza twenty seven. Uh, follow me. Follow him. He's got some great tweets. He he likes to uh he likes to title his articles with a smiley face, and that's the only thing that he changes about the article. Tweet. <laughs> I've got to change it. I've got to change something, and um, <laughs> it's a smiley face, quick and easy. I'll, uh, I'll, we're I'll we're gonna have a discussion. We're gonna time. have a tutorial about that at some point. <laughs> I'll, I'll have right. two smiley faces next time. <laughs> Tommy, what about you? Uh, six man article dropping every Wednesday. Got some, uh, you know, pretty intriguing stats in, in there usually. And, um, you know, some good video evidence. So if you want to learn more about the nuggets, come check me out on Wednesday, six man. Wednesdays is a, is a good day for Denver stiffs because Tommy's he's extremely reliable on those days and always gets one up. So, uh, for everybody else, that is going to do for this episode of pick action roll brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Should be back tomorrow night uh, or tonight if you're listening to this on Tuesday. uh, Going to be discussing the New York Knicks game. And that should be uh, joyous as ever. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to go follow both of those guys and and follow Tommy at TNO303. Is that right? Tommy No303 at T-O-M-M-Y-K-N-O-W-303. Perfect. Love it. And Pete Pizza 27 because pizza is uh, Peter's favorite food. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.